but I want to continue our series on your identity in Christ. And I wanted to recap quick last week. I talked about um, how shame can affect our ability to live out of our God-given identity. Rather, shame causes us to live out of, out of an identity that's apart from God. And I used Genesis 3 in the fall of man and man and woman, how when they sinned against God, they felt shame and they were separate from him. They felt shame. They covered themselves. They hid from God. See, that's what happens with shame. Uh, shame ultimately is this powerful master of emotions. What Brene Brown says, shame is a powerful master of emotions, the fear that we're not good enough. And it causes us to run from God. And so my response, and this is how I believe, you know, from a biblical perspective, that shame is when actual or potential humiliation causes you to run or hide from God or his people. This again, my definition, shame is when actual or potential humiliation causes you uh, to hide from God or the people of God. Shame is a part of our lives, church. And I don't mean to somehow say, oh, dismiss this and you don't have it. We don't, you know, just accept Jesus and you're good. No, 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 no. We, we have shame in our lives. And uh, and I believe that as we are aware, understanding and practice these things, that we can grow in our in living out of our identity in Christ. Here's a big picture thing that I shared uh, last week that, uh, the first piece is that our identity is that, you know, we are a children. We are a child of God. You are a child of God. This speaks to that he created you and he created you in his likeness. When you ask the question, who am I? Who's my identity? It always first comes back to whose you are. And before you were anyone or anybody, anybody else's or anything else's, you were God's. You are a child of God. This is the foundation and the identity in Christ that you can live out of, okay? Uh, and so today we're going to talk about something uh, that also influences, uh, that affects our ability to live out of this identity that we're a child of God. I'm going to talk today about how pain causes us, influences us to live in a way and out of a different identity apart from God. Uh, in Christ, okay, in Christ, you are alive. What I mean by that is you are alive, you're healed, you're whole, you are alive. This is the second part here, okay? Your identity in Christ, first, you're a child of God. Secondly, is in Christ, you are alive. You're healed, you're whole. Now, I know this immediately when I said that, all these other things come to mind and what you maybe feel some different things in regards to, uh, no, I feel like I'm dying. Hard things are happening. Pain's happening. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. How these two work together, the experience of pain that you have that, that, that is not inferior. I don't diminish that in any way. The pain that you're having right now, and yet this very real identity in Christ that because of the cross and, and because of resurrection that we are alive in Christ. This is an identity that is set in stark contrast to the reality of your heart, your flesh, this world, and frankly, much of what you will feel walking in this life. You know me, I don't want to deny pain. I want to talk about these things. I'm going to bring this up. I, this is why we're doing this on Good Friday, and we're going to talk about Jesus' pain, and I'm going to talk about that. You know, I'm doing this church because I want to integrate both. 
Integrate how your daily life goes, your thought life, your heart life, your inner life, and this incredible message of Jesus. They're not standing on far, too far apart. They're together that you walk out in life and church. I want to help you today so that your identity in Christ as alive, healed, and whole would be the identity that you can better and more live out of than this identity that is apart from God. I want to read some scripture this morning that would be kind of the foundation for this idea. And then I'm going to talk about how this identity as alive, how it relates to pain and why it matters so much. Because I know some of you are thinking, great, what does this matter? You, you know, you're talking about being alive in Christ. Great. I, I know the scriptures, but, but I want to take it a step further today because I love going a little bit deeper and practical. I want to take a step further. And talk about why it matters, this identity that we're alive in Christ, okay? Uh, so we're going to first read uh, Romans chapter 6, verses 4 through 11. And I've got two other scriptures. I'm going to just kind of set this as the foundation for this identity in Christ. And can you tell I'm really excited about this? I know, I'm talking about pain, and I'm like so excited. But uh, it's just how powerful this concept could be, uh, being alive in Christ, how meaningful it could be for your life. So Romans chapter 6, verses uh, 4 through 11. Romans, we're going to start with this. Romans chapter 6, verses 4 through 11. We were therefore buried with him, Jesus, through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised, raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we may to live a new life. Can we just read that every Sunday? Maybe every day. Okay, verse 5. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin may be done away with so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Verse seven, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, here it goes. We believe that we also will live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The, the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, key verse, verse 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Can I just read that like 10 times today and let that be as my sermon? Okay. Uh, here's the uh, ne next um, verse I want to read. And this is a uh, the healing of, uh, the paralytic from the ministry of Jesus. It's Matthew chapter nine. I'm going to turn there, bring it up on your phone. Matthew chapter nine. I'm going to connect all these. Stay with me. Matthew chapter nine, uh, starting in verse one. So Jesus steps over into a boat, crossed over and came to his own town. Verse two, some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 3, at this time, at this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus says, well, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, get up, take your mat, and go home. In verse 7, and the man got up and went home. Okay, we see Jesus bringing whole health, healing, life, uh, forgiveness 
to this man. And the last verse I want to read this morning is um, from, the, from the resurrection of Lazarus in uh, John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Okay, John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. You know this comes, this comes, famous story uh, of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Uh, in, in response to Mary and Martha, really Martha, Jesus says this. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He, he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Church, I want to tell you, okay? You are alive in Christ, okay? Jesus has healed you. Jesus is healing you. And Jesus will heal you. Okay, let me just say that again. Here's your second part of this identity that I'm trying to get across. Jesus healed you, Jesus is healing you, and Jesus will heal you. Uh, we know that he is, that he healed you with this Romans passage, that he is healing you. We see present tense healing happening where Jesus does it with this paralytic. In the future, Jesus is saying, don't you believe on the resurrection of life? He says this to Martha. He's going to heal you, okay? I want to tell you, I have never experienced or seen physical healing. Okay. I've never seen it. I've never actually experienced physical healing. Um, I still absolutely believe in it. Uh, I believe it's biblical. I believe in that. I don't diminish that in any way. I wanted to say that first before I get into the second part. But I have for sure <laughs> experienced, seen it. Over and 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 over again. Healing of your soul, of people's souls. Healing of the inner work. I've seen healing of relationships. I want to tell you, when you see the word healing in scripture, this is not somehow one thing. This is all total healing. Okay. One day you will be fully healed of all things. Things that go on the inside, things that are happening on the outside, physically, right? Total. In the past tense, this concept is, and Paul writes about this in Romans, that the work's been done. The work has been done through Jesus. In the present tense, okay, the concept is that I can live today out of Jesus' work of healing for me. The future tense is that I can hope for complete and total healing. You live a life I know that has sickness and death and disease and hard things and pain in it. Okay. Uh, this is the nature of how we live. Okay. But it's also true. So it's both past, present, and future. Now, why does it matter? And I hope you'll just be able to be willing to receive this this morning. Uh, first and foremost, I've recognized in my life, and as I've read people's stories and heard them, that the real problem with pain isn't pain. 
The real problem with pain is what we do with it. I'm going to say that again. The real problem with pain isn't pain. The real problem with pain is what we do with it. It's how we handle it. Pain is pain, but it can be so excruciating that you do things to harm yourself and others. And then it doesn't heal. I see inside, kind of underneath some of these shootings that have happened. I see in that this, 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 this thread of pain that maybe was coped through, but not worked through. That was hidden and covered, but not exposed and brought cleaning and healing to. The real problem with pain, my friends, is what we do with it, how we respond. The problem is we respond by rejecting God. That's what Adam and Eve did, see? By going away from God. The real That's the real problem. The real problem is that we run to someone or something besides the healer. The real problem with pain is we run to something or someone besides God. Besides the one who actually has what we need. We find comfort in an identity apart from God because it's comfortable and soothing. Not realizing these are short-term fixes, fixes for a deep problem. And short-term fixes do not bring healing. They actually prevent us from being transformed, from being healed. So in that pain, when you cope and do things apart from God, we lose connection to our true identity. And that's why I mentioned last week, maybe it's been years. You don't even know and remember what it was like to walk with God in the garden and have no shame. We've coped. We brought something else into the garden. We've hidden from the garden and from God. Uh, sometimes we think that we cope through things. And maybe, hey, I may have a lot of money. It's going to feel good. It's going to do it. Nope. Fame. We know this from celebrities. Nope. Right? Oh, well, if I have a mar married and kids and, you know, a dog and a white picket fence. Nope. If I have status, if I get that promotion. Nope. Here's why your identity in Christ as alive, as healed matters. If this identity is true, which I believe it is, what we just read, you don't have to cope the pain. Coping means we're hurt, not healed. What if we could be in pain, but not cope through an addiction? See, this matters because if I'm alive in Christ, I feel like I'm dying. Or if I sit in this pain, I'm going to die. I've got to change it. I've got to cope through feeling better, through affirmation or this substance or this or that. This matters. Because if we're alive in Christ and he has healed us, he currently is healing us and he's going to heal us, then I don't need to cope anymore. That I can sit in the pain and allow God to do something a little bit different than me just coping. Hurt people hurt people, church. When you begin to read the stories of some of these massive shooters, they're deeply hurting. Uh, whether they are angry at a certain people, there's a, something inside of them that's hurting. Uh, living out of your of your in Christ identity allows you to have another option besides coping. Uh, secondly, church, the reason why it matters is that when you don't have to cope the pain because you believe in your identity in Christ as healed, as alive, whole, and well, 
then we actually can be healed by a relationship with God. This is a new way to heal. We try to heal or cope by self-medicating or doing these things and living out of an identity that's not from God. As guilt and shame melt away in the presence of God, in the relationship with him that is affirming and loving, you will begin to be healed. You don't always have to cope through whatever it may be. Um, sometimes we beat ourselves up that we're so hurt. We beat ourselves up for that trauma that happened in our upbringing. We beat ourselves up that we can't make the right choice or do better. We beat ourselves up that we can't kick the addiction. And reading about this um, shooter that uh, from these uh, Atlanta spas, you know, one thing that came up in his background, what people talked about was that uh, he was a sex addict and he couldn't kick this habit. Think about that. Beat yourself up. You can't kick the habit, whatever it is. And I want to tell you, shift the focus away from the addiction. The addiction is a symptom of a deeper hurt and problem. And I want to say, what if you're to sit in this pain and somehow allow the pain and you can be healed with a relationship with God? Surrender and saying that you can't will get you out of the place of just feeling bad about yourself, that you can't kick that addiction. Here's the third thing. This identity matters that you're alive and whole and healed and God's not going to let you die. Okay, that's the point. You would be willing to experience pain as a means for transformation. We avoid our pain because it hurts so much. Makes total sense. I get it. But what I'm telling you as your pastor that's trying to integrate theology and deeper life work, deeper soul work, psychology, counseling, whatever you want to call it there, deeper emotional healing, we got to get to this point that we're willing to experience pain as a means for transformation. And we trust God so much that he we're alive in him and he's going to heal us that we can experience pain and we won't die. And he will ultimately raise us and give us life. I wish I could say that the path to your healings without pain. Man, I wish I could say that to you. But Jesus' path had pain. Your path does too. When Jesus praying in the garden, he's such a great model of this. He's praying in the uh, praying uh, in the garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion, before his suffering, and he says, Father, this is going to be crazy hard. He's bleeding, sweat drops of blood. Doctors say that such intense stress here and pain uh, of what's going to happen that his blood vessels are exploding, you know? And Jesus says, Father, let this cut past me, please, God. Then he says, nevertheless, let your will happen. I love that. That's this. Our identity in Christ, I'm healed so that I can allow the pain, allow a painful path, to bring about the transformation that God wants. You may have to remind yourself of that one truth. I'm telling you, church. Okay. Um, I'm going to close by uh, reading um, a story that and it has a line in it that really grasps what I'm talking about this morning. Before I read this, I want to again say to you, I'm not trying to dismiss your pain. I'm not. You know me. That's not me. 
what I'm telling you is to actually go closer to your pain and create some space to sit in the pain, to, to, meet, to rely on God in that, to seek his way for that, to open up the door. You may be covering, you may be coping, you may be running, you may be distracting, you may be hiding. And I'm telling a church, that will keep you in pain. That's going to keep you from the healing. That's going to keep you from transformation. Because you are alive in Christ, that's the truth. So when you're feeling pain, you don't have to cope because you're alive in him and he is healing you. Doesn't feel like it, but he is healing you and he will heal you. You don't have to cope to make it go away, church. I want to read this to you today. It's uh, from a counselor who also is a faculty member at the Christian Counseling and Education Foundation, uh, one of the main organizations that's all about biblical counseling and integrating uh, psychology and theology. And she writes this. Would you please receive this this morning? And I want to kind of give you some next steps at the end of this. This is what she says. And she was a missionary. Um, she's a counselor now. She says, recently, my family set out on an afternoon walk. Beauty surrounded us. The fall colors set the trees aglow, and the sun shimmered upon the lake as it set. There was so much glory to behold that day. The display of the changing season was spectacular. Upon returning home, I was reflecting on all we had seen when my son thoughtfully interjected. And here's the quote. He said this, it is hard to take in all the beauty when you are in pain. It is hard to take in all the beauty when you are in pain. She writes this, uh, my son has an undiagnosed neuromuscular disease. It presents itself as muscle weakness and fatigue. That simple walk hurt his teenaged body. And while what he said caused my heart to sink, it encapsulated the truth that resonates deeply for many a minute or two. When I walk alongside hurting, wounded, and broken people, I long for them to encounter Jesus and his tender care for them. I want them to live fully knowing what he has promised for them. But for many, it's a slow, long walk to get there. And my son's words made sense of this in a new way for me. Pain calls our attention to what hurts. Pain is loud. It requires a large portion of our energy just to live with it. And pain can be consuming, tainting how we experience everything. It shouts about what is wrong with us in our world. We can all resonate with this on some level. A simple head cold or twisted ankle can make an ordinary day feel hard and miserable to slog through. The presence of pain impacts all of us. As I've heard the stories, your stories, in the last 20 years of ministry, as I've gone down the road of therapy for myself and my own story of pain, as I have read and learned and tried to understand pain and see this in our world, pain can be so excruciating it feels like you're dying. Pain can be so excruciating it feels like you're drowning. Pain feels so terrible that you feel like you have to cope. 
This is the gospel I want to tell you today. This is the good news. This is what I'm going to dare you to hope in. That you don't have to cope because you're made alive in Christ. You don't have to cope every time. Because when it really, really, really hurts, there's a healer. And when it really, really, really hurts, it will never get so bad that he can't heal you. When it really, 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 really hurts, there is no thing too great or more powerful than our God. And there is no fruit of the tree that Adam and Eve could have eaten that was too far for God to go get them. God will find you in your pain. He'll find you in your shame. He'll find you when you go away from the garden. And I want to tell you, church, today, that what I'm challenging you with this morning this may not be comforting, helpful, maybe not comforting. What I want to challenge you with today, church, is to acknowledge your pain. That's the awareness piece, to acknowledge it, to sit in it, to write about it, to feel it. Um, in part of this journey of learning to sit in my own pain, I've learned that when the coping ends, healing begins. I'll say that again. When the coping ends, healing begins. I didn't say it's going to feel good. When the coping ends or diminishes, you do less of it, it's going to be really painful, but that's when the healing begins. And sometimes it hurts to heal. And I want to tell you, church, my challenge for you this morning is that if you can process this identity in Christ, why it matters, why does it matter to be alive in Christ, to be healed, being healed and going to be healed one day, well, then I don't have to change through coping that pain. I can allow and sit in that pain. I can face it and bring it to Jesus. I can come to him with all my pain. It is so hard, church, to take in all the beauty of life, of relationships, of God, his love, his goodness, his promises, his, his, his amazing majesty when we're in pain. I want to tell you, church, that when the coping ends, healing begins, and you can be healed through a relationship with God, and he is enough for you.